Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> if you're looking to submit your story to the other stories, you're running out of time. The deadline for Cosmic Horror has now passed, but we still have deadlines available for cults and abandoned places. If you're interested and you have a story, you can submit your stories to keztheeditor at gmail.com or just go to hawkandcleaver.com forward slash submissions for more information. We're looking to be terrified, we're looking to be emotionally scarred, and we're looking for a rollicking good time. So, send your stories in. Today's episode is Suppression. Written by Kev Harrison and narrated by Persephone Rose. Mom, I'm home! Harry's voice permeated the walls of the house the way only a 13-year-old's could. I'm gonna make a toasty. I'm starving. Jenny hurried down the stairs, following the sound of Harry's footsteps into the kitchen. How was your day, love? She ruffled Harry's mousy hair and opened the fridge. "'assembling a team of cheese, salami, butter, mustard, and mayo next to the chopping board. "'Harry shrugged. "'The usual. History exam was easy. Maths exam was impossible. "'We hadn't even done half the stuff. Rory's still a dick?' "'Jenny stifled a laugh. "'I've told you not to use that word. Rory's a difficult... "'He's a dick, Mom. You know he is.' "'Jenny grinned. "'Do you want me to make your toasty for you?' "'No, I'm fine.' Can you pass me that knife for the cheese? Jenny reached into the drainer, pulled out the chopping knife. 
Oh, there was one other thing. They did the test today. The knife clattered to the floor. What test? Jenny asked, hands trembling as she bent to pick up the knife. You know, the potential test? The one Dr. Rollins simmed at the clinic across the border? Jenny cleaned the knife off under the tap. That's impossible. They aren't supposed to do it until June. Yeah, but the school nurse is going on maternity, and she has to supervise blood tests. Jenny pressed her fingertips to her temples. Go upstairs and change into some comfy clothes. Mom, I'm doing my toasty. Jenny clasped Harry's wrist and prized the butter knife from his hand. I'll finish your toasty, but you have to go now. Her mouth was suddenly dry, overwhelmed with the metallic taste of fear. Harry stomped across the tiled floor and up the stairs to his room. And put a few pair of boxers and socks into your sports bag? Jenny hurriedly assembled the toasty and slammed the toaster closed, scuttling into the living room and digging into her handbag for her phone. She tapped Dave's picture and pressed call. Come on, come on, come on, she said as the ringing tone buzzed in her ear. Jen, what's up? I'm just finishing work. They've done Harry's test today. How far are you from home? They've what? How far are you from home? There's no time to discuss it now. Hold on. Dave's muffled voice droned in the background. Only a few minutes, Ian says. Jenny closed her eyes and breathed out a long breath. Bring the car round back. They could be here any moment. I'm going to pack some things. Okay, my love. Yeah. If you need to leave without me, you'll go to- Don't say it over the phone. They might be listening. Quick as you can, Dave. There was a drawn-out pause. Jenny wondered if the line had been cut, finger hovering over the end call button until Dave said, I love you. Love you back. Jenny hung up the call and slipped the phone into the back pocket of her jeans. Harry, how are you getting on? She called up the stairs. Where's my toasty? Fuck, Jenny said under her breath and darted back into the kitchen. She levered open the sandwich toaster, only partially burned. It would have to do. No time to make another. She scooped it onto the plate with the knife and charged up the stairs. Here you go, love. Harry took the sandwich, seeming not to notice the burnt crusts on the bread. Where are we going, Mom? His gaze moved to the sports bag on the bed beside him. Away, Harry. We're going away. Just for a few days. Like a trip? He garbled the words through chunks of sandwich. Exactly, my boy. Just like a trip. Jenny held him close to her chest, absent-mindedly squeezing the fat on his arm. What about school, Mom? Jenny took a deep breath. She was about to attempt an answer when the doorbell rang. She edged to the window, gesturing for Harry to stay put. The suppression van was parked in the driveway, two armed operatives standing beside the open doors. One glanced up to the window. Jenny dodged backwards. Hurry up and eat your sandwich. We're going out the back way as soon as Dad's home. Why are you whispering, Mom? I'm not whispering, Jenny said in her tiniest speaking voice. Now go down to the kitchen and stay away from the front door, okay? Who's at the door, Mom? It's not important, Harry. Just someone we don't want to speak to, all right? Harry shuffled towards the window, craning his neck to see. Jenny shoved him back, rage on her face. I'm serious, Harry. Don't let them see you. Kitchen. Now. Harry nodded and hurried down the stairs towards the kitchen. Jenny opened a drawer and stuffed a handful of random t-shirts into the bag, then zipped it up. She sidestepped to the window, glanced down at the suppression van. 
Two officers in lightweight body armor moved around to the rear doors, returning with a small battering ram. Jenny grasped her phone, found Dave and her messages, typed all caps, Where the fuck are you? The phone buzzed to life in her hand before she could pocket it. Dave? Hiya, love, he said, his voice surprisingly calm. I'm just reversing up at the back gate now. I don't want to drive too fast in case it attracted attention. How's Harry? He doesn't know. I don't want to tell him. Jenny allowed herself another glance out the window before the battering ram pounded against the door from below. We'll be right out, she said and hung up. Right lens family, came the booming robotic voice from below, words clumsily conjoined, rendering the intonation unnatural, discomforting. Harry Rylands has tested 63% positive for potential future criminality. Please hand him over for suppression immediately. Jenny slung the bag on her back and sprinted to the stairs, taking them two at a time on the way down. Harry stood in the kitchen doorway, eyes wide. What did I do, Mom? Jenny smoothed the hair around his ears. You didn't do anything, sweetheart, and they're not taking you. She gestured to the kitchen and the back door. Come on, your dad's waiting for us. The look of concern on Harry's face mellowed into a smile. He hurried to the door, Jenny following close behind. He fumbled with the lock, then they were outside, running down the pink and gray paved path to the gate. Jenny unlatched it, then took Harry's arm and led him on towards Dave's car. Dave threw open the passenger door, gesturing wildly for them to jump in. Harry fought with the sticky rear door handle, unable to lever it open. Dave leapt from the driver's seat and raced around. He heaved the door open and bundled Harry inside. A whistling sound filled the air before rubber bullets thumped into his shoulder, flooring him. Jenny screamed, stooped low over him. Dave, are you okay? Dave tried to speak, but settled for a nod, realizing the fall had knocked the wind out of him. Dave inhaled, grimacing against the pain, then managed... Take the car. Get Harry out of here. Jenny grasped the keys from his hand, then reached under Dave's armpits and strained to haul him into the back seat. I'm not fucking leaving you here, she said. Harry, get in the passenger seat. She got in and adjusted the driver's seat position. Harry raced around the side of the car and climbed in, slamming the door. Jenny started the engine and shifted the car into gear. She edged the car forward as another volley of rubber bullets screamed past the car windows. The car jolted as the bodywork took one hit, then another before slumping at the rear. Jenny eased open the driver's door and got out, keeping her body low. The rear right tire was ragged, flat. Jenny felt heat rising in her chest and forced back sobs. There's no fucking time for that, she whispered to herself. What's the matter, Jen? said Dave, slumped across the back seat. They've shot out the bloody tire! She crouched there for a moment, thinking. Come on, let's get back inside. We'll barricade ourselves upstairs. Harry climbed out of the passenger seat and darted towards the house, the shock of the situation now showing on his face. Jenny took off after Harry, then paused. She glanced back at Dave. Don't worry about me! Go, Jen! Go! As he screamed, two suppression agents opened the left passenger door and began to drag Dave out by his legs. He kicked and fought them until the telltale, intermittent buzzing of the taser left him trembling. Jenny blinked back tears and bolted for the house. 
She just caught sight of Harry's legs disappearing at the top of the staircase as she went through the back doorway. Mine in your dad's room, Harry! Jenny called and bounded up the stairs, despite the burning in her lungs. She burst through the bedroom door, and Harry slammed it shut, sliding the bolt across. Jenny grabbed the edges of the tall chest of drawers from the wall and started to drag it towards the door. Help me, she grunted. Harry rushed over and took hold of the other side. Once it was in place, in front of the door, Jenny slumped to the ground, leaning against the unpainted rear of the drawers, her breathing short. What will the suppression team do if they catch me, Mom? Harry's voice was weak, conveying his fear. They aren't going to catch you, sweetheart. Jenny lowered her eyes, somehow easier to pretend without the eye contact. But if they do, what will they do? They'll give you an implant. What implant? What for? Jenny remained silent. She crept to the window, hugging the wall and peered down at the rear of the house. Dave's limp form sprawled on a stretcher, his hands in bonds. They lifted him into the suppression van. What's the implant, Mom? Tell me. Jenny faced her son unable to stop the tears from creeping over her eyelashes this time. It's an impulse suppressor, implanted in your frontal lobe. You'll basically be an automaton, a zombie. Harry opened his mouth to reply, then paled. He closed his mouth and slid to the ground. But I haven't done anything! That doesn't matter anymore, Harry. Since they brought in the test, potential is enough. Jenny crouched and moved over to the window. The suppression band stood empty. Harry, help me with this. She cast the duvet and pillows onto the floor, then tugged the sheet off the mattress. Then, swinging the window as wide as it would open, she began to heave the mattress towards it. The boom of boots on the stairs hurried her. Harry moved across and shifted his weight under the other side of the mattress, shoving it towards the window. Jenny was beginning to angle the corner outside when the battering ram crashed against the bedroom door. The chest of drawers shook. Harry glanced over, then turned back to the mattress and pushed with new vigor. Open the door, Mrs. Rylands, or we'll have to take you in for obstructing suppression. The voice was amplified by a megaphone, but muffled by the rhythmic battering of the door. The mattress bent and squeezed through the gap. With another forceful shove, it tumbled down onto the front lawn, where it floundered, as if alive, before lying flat. Jenny grabbed Harry's shoulders. You have to jump. I'll try to hold the door closed here for as long as possible so they think you're still inside. But, Mom, you have to. Run to your grandma's house. Granddad will give you a ride somewhere, okay? But run. Don't stop. Don't look back. But, Mom, what are you going to... There's no time for that. You have to go. Jenny helped him onto the window ledge, the banging at the door making it difficult to focus. Harry's feet dangled in the air as he looked down at the mattress 15 feet below. He gripped the window ledge with his hands and went to push himself off. Remember to bend your legs when you land, said Jenny, squeezing his arm. I love you. She kissed him on the top of his head. She held her breath as he plunged toward the ground. His feet found the mattress, his knees closing with the impact before he rolled off and onto his side on the lawn. A short moment later, he was on his feet and sprinting toward the road. Jenny's gaze stayed fixed on her son's diminishing form, even as the door exploded behind her. Sawdust flying up into the air like snow. 
She grasped the windowsill with both hands as the contacts of the taser bit through her t-shirt. Where is the boy, Mrs. Rylands? Run, Harry, run, she whispered, watching her son disappear from sight at the end of the road. Then came the shock, and the world turned black. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. Suppression was written by Kev Harrison, narrated by Persephone Rose, edited by Carl Hughes, with music by Velitai and Tom Robson. If you enjoyed the story, you might want to check out The Cinders of a Blind Man Who Could See by Kev Harrison. Released through Domain Publishing as part of their Short Sharp Shocks range, you can buy it on Amazon today. Or just head to kevharrisonfiction.com for more information on Kev's work. Once again, if you're a writer, we are currently looking for stories. The deadlines are looming for cults and abandoned places. If you're interested, send your stories to kezdeeditor at gmail.com or head over to hawkandcleaver.com forward slash submissions for more information. We're looking forward to reading your stories. Until next time. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project... There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.